I spent most of yesterday trying to get my head around the events that have played out with the White Ferns this week. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Thursday, Amy Satterthwaite blindsided by her omission from the White Ferns contract list for next summer and basically forced into an early retirement as a result. She was joined yesterday when the full contract list was revealed by Leah Tahuhu, Frankie Mackay, Lee Kasparik, Tamsin Newton, and this, of course, after the recent retirement of Katie Martin. That is a heck of a lot of experience to wave goodbye to, mostly intentionally. Now, first things first, let's be very, very clear here. This was not handled well. This is not the way you treat a player who has given you 14 years of service, much of it unpaid, at the end of her career. If ever there was a case for letting someone go out on their own terms, this was it. Now, that doesn't mean Amy Satterthwaite should just keep her place until she decides she wants to stop. But she should at least have been included in the discussion. I mean, Ross Taylor was given pretty much an entire summer to say goodbye to fans and for fans to say goodbye to him. It was carefully managed to avoid the very thing that has happened here, that someone who's given enormous service doesn't leave the game in unsavoury, undignified or unsuitable fashion. Now, from what I can gather, no discussion was ever had with Amy Satterthwaite or anyone else in the leadership group about the plan to drop her. This came as much of a surprise to them as it did to Amy Satterthwaite herself. No one got alongside her and said, hey, here's what we're thinking. Let's make sure we do this in the right way. I mean, that discussion could have been had before the World Cup. If New Zealand cricket knew or even suspected that the end was coming for Amy Satterthwaite, they were duty-bound, in my view, to at least put her in the picture. She was even included on the panel to frame up the terms of reference for a new coach without ever being told she wouldn't get the opportunity to play under them. That is not how to treat people, particularly those who have given you so much. Having said all of that, I can see what those in the high-performance corridors of New Zealand cricket are trying to do, and not just trying to do, but to my understanding, being instructed to do. The Board of New Zealand Cricket has grown tired of a lack of white fern success at big events. The failure to make the semis at their home World Cup earlier this year was clearly the last straw. They demanded change, possibly even going so far as listing the players who should not be given contracts. Now, that is verging on operational rather than strategy, which is what a board is supposed to do, but it shows how strongly they felt about the future direction they want this team to take. And that direction includes getting rid of some of the older players and bringing in some younger, untested ones. Now, unfortunately, the domestic game here, the women's domestic game, simply is not strong enough to develop international cricketers. They'll have to develop these younger players as international cricketers while they're playing international cricket. So what those who have put the contract list together have done is taken a bit of a punt on players who they believe may have what it takes to make it in the international game. The paradox here, of course, is that they're not, at the moment, as good as the players who have been dropped. But if you don't make this change now, then when when do you make it? If Amy Satterthwaite stayed on in this team for another season or two, and the others were all retained as well, we'd get to the point in two or three years from now when they, along with Sophie Devine and Susie Bates, would all retire at the same time. And then where would we be? We'd have the Kerr sisters and a couple of others, plus a whole bunch of kids who had never played international cricket. 
at least this way, we'll find out who's up to it. Now, many words have been written and spoken about Amy Satterthwaite in the last few days, and all of them have been heartfelt and genuine. She's clearly a very popular member of the White Ferns, who has contributed a massive amount to the game here and the team she's played in. But she's become the victim of playing for a long time in teams that simply haven't won often enough. And it's absolutely okay, in fact almost compulsory, for elite sporting organisations to examine the reasons for that. However, there are ways of doing things. There are things you should do and not do. There are right and very wrong ways to treat people. Setting off down the path of rejuvenation is the right strategy for the white ferns. But the first few steps have just been done very, very poorly. Weekend Sport 12.15, going to open the lines on this 0800 80 10 80. Already the calls are flooding in, so um, we'll get to those as soon as we can. Before that, though, let's bring in Dylan Cleaver from The Bounce, the best subscriber sports newsletter I know of in New Zealand. Absolute gems into my inbox several times a week. You can search for The Bounce NZ and subscribe as well. Absolutely worth the very reasonable fee you'll be charged for some of the most incisive, thought-provoking sports writing going around. The Bounce NZ. Dylan, thanks for joining us on Weekend Sport. Let's put off to one side for a second the way in which this was done is looking to the future and rejuvenating the White Ferns the right thing to do. Yes, if you're um, taking a long-term view of the White Ferns, absolutely it is. Um, look, this, this team has had some of some generational talents in it, and yet we saw at the recent World Cup, uh, 50 over format, obviously, that they're, they're a long way behind Australia and falling further behind. So they have to do something, um, and that something is to make some pretty bold and some pretty harsh calls. Do you think the World Cup was almost a bit of a last straw, perhaps, for the board of New Zealand cricket? Yeah, I think so. The board has been, um, itself has had a bit of a shake-up in recent times. Um, New Zealand cricket have been um, really dedicated to diversity uh, on the board. There are um, several women on the board now. I think it's either four or five. So they've, they've really taken seriously that mantra that we've got to get more female representation uh, in sports administration. And I think there has been a strong push from this new board that, hey, our women's cricket is not where it needs to be in terms of numbers, in terms of high performance. We need to do something about it. And I think this is um, this is part of it, obviously. You wrote yesterday, uh, and, and I thought this kind of went right to, the, to the, the nub of the issue for me. You wrote, where it gets murky is the nailed-on fact that Amy Satterthwaite is a better cricketer and would certainly offer more in terms of raw production than the newcomers on the list. So is, yeah. that enough reason, is that enough reason to keep her around? Yeah, look, I, I stand by that, but the, it does have some qualifiers. Um, Amy Satterthwaite is a wonderful uh, batter, and she is a, a truly great 50-over batter for New Zealand. But they're not going to be playing a lot of 50-over cricket in the near future. The focus is T20 cricket, and 
um, brass tacks here. She's she's not particularly good at T20 cricket. So I can see the logic in it. But it is it is difficult because if you're going through your list of best players in the country, while while I've just said there that Amy Satterthwaite's not particularly good at T20 cricket, she is still one of the best T20 batters in the country. Uh, we have not got a lot of batting depth um, behind you know, the the top four in the White Ferns, top four and five. It is a real area of weakness in the domestic game, one that needs to be improved. Amy Satterthwaite is certainly one of the better ones, but I'm not sure her game at that in that format format, sorry, um, translates to the international stage particularly well. What do you make of the way it was done? Because by all accounts and looking from the outside, it, it seemed to blindside her. Could this have been done better? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah, it's a really tricky one, and particular at the moment. You know, there's a lot of uh, chatter, as there should be, around you know athlete welfare, um, the mental sort of health side of the game, and yeah, there's never an easy way to do things like this. So, as you, Jason, it's you know high performance sport is really really hard. Sometimes it's a little bit cruel. And in this case, I think you could argue that it was a, a little bit cruel. I mean, you look at um, uh, Leah Tahuhu, who's also lost her central contract. Now, Amy and Leah are married. Uh, that's a that's a heavy blow to take in one week, right? And, and I'm not just talking about household income here. I'm, I'm just talking about, you know, that's, that's tough. Um, is there a better way you can do it? Um, well, obviously, she's got... Um, no forewarning in terms of she didn't realise she was about to be eased out of the picture, but I guess um, she was let know a little bit before the the others, so she could announce her her retirement. So yeah, that, that's a really tricky one. Uh, I'm not sure they did it very well, but I'm not sure there is a particularly great way to to deliver news like that either. No, I guess if you uh, if you contrast it to to Ross Taylor and and he obviously. They had a plan, you know, probably 12 months out for, for his exit from international cricket, and he just about got a, a whole summer of farewells, didn't he? Should Amy Satterthwaite yeah. have been afforded the same, uh, you know, the same opportunity to, to say goodbye after the, the decade and a half of service that she's given? Yeah, um, my personal opinion on that is no. Um, and my personal opinion was that I found the whole Ross Taylor thing a bit icky towards the end as well, um, probably through no fault of Ross. I'm not sure that actually if if you sort of peeled back the, the um, curtain on it that a one-day series against the Netherlands was how Ross Taylor's uh, would have ideally liked to have finished his international career either. Um, so, I mean, after the World Cup, obviously New Zealand cricket's high-performance uh, team sat around and thought, OK, we've got to do something here on the women's side of the game. Uh, we don't see Amy fitting into the picture in the future. So so what's a good way of giving her a farewell then? The, the mm. Taking her to the Commonwealth Games when they don't actually really want to be playing her? That would seem to be the antithesis of a high-performance plan. So look, I know I've heard this argument and it's not it's not an argument that I hate by any stretch, but my personal opinion is no, that you know they've made this decision. Um, they've got to they've got to live with it, and unfortunately, so does Amy. Mm. 
And, and this team doesn't have a coach at the moment either, although uh, there are rumblings as to who that will be. Uh, does that add, though, another layer of complication to all of this and that, you know, the timing of all of this with the contracts having to be confirmed before the coach was is that whoever does yeah. get their job won't actually have a say over who's in the team necessarily. Yeah, now this is the bit that I found curious for that exact reason that you mentioned. Uh, I wonder, do they, do they know who the coach is? Is it a matter of two um, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed? But they essentially know who it is and they've discussed this with her or him. Um, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, but you're right. That's, that's the one thing that I thought was you know, reasonably bold or crazy in this, is that the, uh, taking decisions that the next coach might not necessarily agree with. And just to finish, can we crystal ball gaze a bit? And this is always fraught with danger, obviously, but I won't, I won't keep a recording of this just in case we both get it wrong. But I mean, what do you see if, we, if you look two years down the track? Um, you know, I think we all hope this will be the right, uh, the right call and that these young players will develop into, into high-quality cricketers. What's your gut, though, on, on what the, the White Ferns will look like a couple of years from now, perhaps? Uh, I'm not sure... You know, they've got an ageing core now, haven't they, in in Bates and Devine. I'm not sure how much longer they've got. I think really where they've got to go, the direction they've got to go, though, is in the style. I mean, it's impossible to to tell you whether players are going to be good in a couple of years because I just don't know. I'm I'm not that talented. If I was, I'd be earning money doing something different. But I can probably tell you that I think the style of cricket they play will be They'll attempt to play a far more dynamic style, a far more um, busy style of cricket than what we saw at the World Cup. Thanks for your time, Dylan. Really appreciate you wrapping some context around this for our listeners. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Jess. No, thanks for joining us, Dylan. Dylan Cleaver there from The Bounce. Uh, just look for The Bounce NZ. You can subscribe to his uh, his regular newsletters, which come out uh, three or four times a week, depending on what's going on. Some of the best uh, sports writing going around. Uh, one of the most incisive uh, sports writers and journalists uh, in in our country, really. Uh, the Bounce NZ. That was Dylan Cleaver.